Level up your life experience with the right books, workshops, foods, and other hot new trends. Learn about new products and how they fit into your lifestyle as well as your budget. Follow me, Maya, an adventurous millennial, as I use a holistic approach to personal development and self-improvement, all with the goal of helping you improve your mind, body, and spirit. Let's take a personal journey into the unknown as I try things so you don't have to. Welcome to another episode of Mystical Maya, How to Level Up Your Life. Today's episode is going to be really interesting. We're going to learn about neutral thinking, which is fascinating. You know, you hear a lot about positive thinking and negative thinking, and this is kind of a new path. So to tell us all about it today, we have Ryan Anderson Esquire. So Ryan is a business and peak performance coach working with the NFL Alumni Association, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, models, and professional athletes to increase their mental performance, mindset, and relationships. He's the winner of the prestigious Marquise Who's Who Award in 2020. He also is a contributing writer for both Rain Magazine and Brains Magazine. He has a master's in counseling psychology from Tarleton State University and a law degree from Texas Tech School of Law and is a member of the Texas Bar. He lives in downtown Austin, Texas with his seeing eye dog Ziggy and gets to spend his free time being Ziggy's wingman. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing, Maya? Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today to explain what neutral thinking is. Of course. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, that's going to be great. And also, I love the part about you being the wingman for your dog. <laughs> I've had four of them. And like, it, it, every time you go out, like I'm just the mouthpiece for the dog. What kind of <laughs> dog is he? How long have you had him? What's his name? How old? Like, I mean, no one cares about me. It's all about, you know, <laughs> communicating information. for and, and the funny part about it, especially my last two dogs, my last two dogs have a lot of swag. So they're pretty much convinced that I'm there to make sure that they get all the appropriate attention they deserve. Oh, uh, okay. I guess it works out well. Yeah. I see how it is. Most dogs, I think, they, they do love attention. I'm thinking of my dog right now, too. And, yeah, he has he has a few girlfriends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are mine. Yeah. And a few boyfriends, too. He, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't discriminate. Hey, we love that. You know, love is love. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, okay, let's just dive right into this. Neutral thinking, what is it? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like, like, like you mentioned, everybody's thought, you know, everybody has heard about, like, future-focused thinking and, and like, past-focused thinking. And the cool thing about neutral thinking, in many ways, it's just a different term for present thinking, like, like focusing on the here and now. And, and the, term, the way I learned it was more of a, in a sports context, and I kind of like it that way because, you know, neutral doesn't really have a, a, a connotation from it. Like, it's just basically, you know, you're, you're not really going forward. You're not really going back. You're here. You're in the moment. You're focused on the now. And what's super cool about it is really when you're in the present moment, all you're focused on is what behavior do I need to do next to get me to my next behavior that I, that I need to do in order to achieve whatever goal I'm trying to achieve, right? And so, like, in a sports context, analogies always help. Like, you know, if you're a quarterback and you're at the line of scrimmage and you're diagramming the play, you're looking at the defense to figure out, is the play that I'm in good? Is it bad? If it's bad, do I need to change it? What do I need to change it to? 
the ball is snapped. Now you're reading the defense, and it's like, okay, where does the ball need to go? And all of that is in the present moment, and it's focused on what behavior do I need to be next to get me to my next behavior. And what's super cool about it and what's super powerful about it is when you're in the present moment, all you can focus on is the behavior. There's no, like, judgment or valuations on it, right? Because one one of the super cool things is, like, the future is where anxiety lives, right? If you're you're worried about what might happen in the future, that's when you get, like, nervous and anxious. Because what you're nervous and anxious about is, is it going to happen or not, right? And what's the outcome going to be? You know, and if you're focused on the past, that's where, like, depression lives. Because you're focused on, like, opportunities that you missed, things that didn't work out. And then you get super sad about it. But like, by, by focusing on the present, by being that neutral focus, you're living in the here, you're living in the now, and there's no judgment, right? Because, because if you're in the now, like, there's like you, you can only have one thought in your head at a time, right? If you're actually really thinking about something. So you inherently can't be worried about what's going to happen in the future, and you inherently can't be worried about what happened in the past. You can only focus on here, now, what am I doing? What, do I, what am I doing to get me to my next step in life? And it's really a freeing place to be if you can get there and be there consistently, right? And that's really where high performers live. Like it's here now and, and making sure that they're doing what they need to do to move them to the next point in life. That's awesome. Yeah, it does sound very freeing. And it sounds like even once you start living like this, you know, if you're not thinking about the future and the outcome, getting it the exact way you want it, then when that time period does come, because in the past you were just in the present, then you didn't create this outcome that you've gotten attached to either because you were staying in the present. So then you don't have that disappointment or even like guilt that something didn't go the way that it should have or that maybe you messed up or something. And it's super important because you know two things in outcome dependency, right? Because really the only thing we can control, again, this goes back to sports, is the process, is the behaviors that we're doing to achieve our goals. And the reality is we can do everything we possibly can to maximize the potential that the goal that we desire happens. But we really truly cannot fully control it. All we can control is the process, is the effort, you know, is the, is the learning, is the practice, is the behaviors that we do day in, day out, that process to working us toward our goal. And and so once you get where you're really just focusing on that process and removing that outcome dependency, again, that's freeing. And if you do everything right, the majority of the time, and by right, I mean like, you know, you do the consistent behaviors every day. The majority of time, you will achieve your desired outcome. Again, that's super freeing. It's also kind of an element of control. Right. If you're a control freak, you know, you can control your you can control your processes, your input, your daily activities. And as a result, it removes that kind of anxiety of worrying about the outcome. Right. And not being so outcome dependent. Again, that's a freeing place to live. It's a hard it's hard to get to. Like this stuff is also super simple. And the reality is simple doesn't mean easy. Right. It's hard to discipline your mind not to be outcome dependent, not to be worried about the future. So it takes time. It takes practice. It takes consistency. And it takes, you know, not beating yourself up whenever you, you know, fall out of the present moment. You just notice it 
and then recenter yourself back to the present moment. And over time, that that consistent practice, you know, you'll just get to where it's it, it, it's where you live, you know. And so that, that's a huge part of it too. Is you know, don't punish yourself whenever you fall out of the present moment because we all do, right? Yeah, no, I like that you just said that because I feel like these past few years, I've been on this journey, you know, to be very mindful, Mm -hmm. to practice that. And that goes along with, you know, practicing meditation, doing a lot of self-reflecting and everyone, I feel like just, just always saying, you know, be positive, you know, or rather don't be hard on yourself, but then it doesn't seem to take into consideration the fact that sometimes you can't help what you think. And sometimes a negative thought will just pop up And then I always used to feel guilty and even worse about myself then because I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. be positive, be nice to yourself. And I know that's just not always possible. But in the beginning, when I was first approaching this, it was a lot of pressure. It absolutely is. And I think it's because it's taught inappropriately. And it's because people have really the wrong definition of positive and negative in some ways. Because by being positive, doesn't mean you're a poly and you're always happy like like it's sunshine and roses roses and unicorns every day like that's not what it means that's what we like act like it means what it really means is by being positive you are focused on doing basically you have a mindset of growth you have a mindset of if i if i do these steps correctly the outcome will happen like it's that kind of stuff, right? It's very, it, it's very open mindset, open to change, you know, open to different ideas. And it's really, if I do everything right, things will work out, you know, in the long haul. Whereas negative thinking is much more that like, it becomes pervasive from the standpoint of, if you're like, things never work out for me, you know, I'm just not destined to like leave this small town and do big things. What it does is it stops you from coming up with creative solutions. It stops you from solving the problems. It stops the brain from even conceiving of different opportunities, different potentials, different outcomes. And that, to me, is the difference in positive and negative thinking. Positive, people who are positive thinkers are always looking for different outcomes to problems or situations. People who are negative, they, they stop. Why look for solutions if it's going to fail? Right. And and so like that to me is really what those those mean versus like I'm always happy versus I'm always sad and grumpy. I mean, it happens. But when you look at it that way, you see why negative thinking becomes so pervasive and is such a bad thing. Because why even try if things are always going to fail or things are never going to work out? If you're living life that way, why the hell even live? I feel like a miserable place to be. Right. Like. Nothing ever, it's, it's even worse than Eeyore, right? Nothing ever works out for me. You know, I never get the, I never get the amazing stuff. I never get the amazing job. You know, I never, well, I wouldn't want to live that life. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, not at all. I feel like I'd never do anything. <laughs> exactly, right? And so that's where I, I find the power in positive versus negative thinking, right? And in the reality, like back to the topic of, of this, you know, neutral thinking, neutral thinking isn't positive thinking actually right and that's why it's neutral because it's much more based on focusing on there what do i need to do and the steps become so much more convoluted and you start adding those like adjectives like this is good this is bad i feel like this i feel like this and then before you know it you're almost frozen (laughs) so being able to stay 
yeah, so being able to stay objective to just like get yourself through that little hump and keep going mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. And and I, I know like one of the things you were talking about was you're getting ready to move to grad school, right? That was kind of what you were talking about, you know, before we had this meeting. And, and so let, let, let's step back and, and make it more like when you were applying to grad school, because that's like a super overwhelming thing to do, especially if, if A, you've never done it before, and B, if you come from a family that's never done it before, right? So it's like, like it, it's just, it's really hard to figure out what all information needs to be gotten there, what needs to be gotten. It's, it's just, you know, how the, everything needs to be written. It's just not organized very well to where, you know, it's user friendly, right? At least it wasn't back when I was applying. And, you know, <laughs> that has not changed. <laughs> I didn't figure it had, but yeah, no. The, the, actually, the best one ever was actually law school because you applied it. No, it wasn't. It was med school. I didn't apply to med school, but I had friends that did. You applied at one, you had one place to apply in med school, and then you sent all the information to the med schools you wanted to go to. But you only, but they all use the same system. Like, why can't all, you know, that's not the point. So back to grad school. You know, yeah, so like, yeah. It, it was not like that for MBA programs. You it wasn't like seen that for me. law school. It wasn't like that for grad school for me either. Yeah. No, no. There were so many Excel sheets going with all the different deadlines, all the different information. Trying and to keep all back. have different essays, and they want something slightly different, so you can't use oh, the of same course. damn essay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. no, it's miserable. <laughs> but back to it. So, like, one of the things that you were talking about, like, my mom brought this point up when I was talking about, you know, bringing, pre- being present-focused, right? And, you know, her point was about planning. Because inherently, if you're planning, you're looking toward the future. And my point was, you know, just because you're present-focused doesn't mean you're not looking to the future to plan. You look to the future, the plan, and make those plans. Once you have that plan in place, then you return to the present moment, and it's what behavior do I need to do next that, you know, leads me in the direction of my plan, right? So where this is going is one of the best quotes I ever heard was, plans are useless, planning's invaluable. And what that and the reason is, plans break down. Life gets in the way. Life laughs whenever you plan something, right? But what's super important about planning is it forces you to think about your ultimate goal and where you want to be. So when life does mess up your plan, you can now live in the present moment, evaluate what behavior do I need to do next that's different than what I had planned, but it's still moving me toward my goal, right? And so that, like, that's the importance of planning within this entire concept is, you know, it kind of gives you, it really gives you a lighthouse, a beacon of this is where I'm going. And as long as I can keep that in sight, I can plan that maybe it's a little bit different than my original, but it's now still moving me towards that beacon of light, right? So that is super important to remember too, when you're thinking about like this whole thing. So like back to grad school with you, right? So like they like say, you said spreadsheets and different deadlines, and it gets overwhelming. And you're like, ah. so you know, I'm sure you had a plan to get a spreadsheet, which is way more organized than I ever got. And your goal was to get to grad school, which are one, right? And so your plan was you're going to do whatever these applications, you know, you need to be done. And I'm sure life had a way of messing up those plans because, you know, school gets in the way, deadlines change, you know, whatever happens. Like COVID comes in the middle of this, right? messes everything up. But by having that beacon that this is where I'm going, you are now able to pivot and, you know, adapt your plan accordingly, which that's what eliminates 
stress and anxiety and that fear because it allows you to live in the present moment, which is making those pivot decisions that then are moving you towards your goal, right? Does that kind of make sense? And does that, does that, does that make sense why that would kind of, you know, eliminate that stress and anxiety? Because you're not living in the future because you've made that plan. You're living in the present, adjusting accordingly to achieve your future goal. Does that make sense? It does. And I like that you mentioned that and the difference between planning and plans. Because so right now, I feel like the hot topic word is manifesting. Everyone wants to manifest something. And there's always these like tips and tricks. Like one of them I've heard a lot is, oh, speak of something as it's already happened, as if it's already come true. And I really like that. But sometimes I would struggle with that because it's that same case of what you were just describing. Like you don't want, you can't fully live there yet because if, no. You live there. You like you're. There's a fine line between believing it and like deceiving yourself. And yeah. Make, yeah. and so what you're describing is a very much like a middle path, you know, where you believe that this is going to be your future in some form or another mm-hmm. because you've decided this is what you truly, truly want, and whatever mm-hmm. you're gonna do, you're gonna get there. But then you haven't deceived yourself into thinking that it's going to look the exact way that you pictured it the first moment you conceptualize the idea. So you're open then to whatever path you take to get there, which I love because so when I first came up with my dream of going to graduate school, my original intention was actually to go into public health. Mm -hmm. I started on that journey and then a bunch of things happen, like you said, they do. Where I left my mm-hmm. my science job, went to entertainment, then COVID, and like so many other things happen. And now I'm going for business, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to look back. I I do think it's sometimes fun to look back about you know what you what you used to say were your goals. Oh, and think- looking back is important. No, yeah, don't get me wrong with that, but yeah, continue. Go on. Yeah, yeah, and thinking. Wow, so I am achieving my goal of going to graduate school, but it looks nothing like what I thought it was going to. Yep, yep, yep. Back to that point of like, like, you know, plans are useless, plans are invaluable. The other part that you brought up that is important to that is once you realize that your plan is going to get messed up, right, it kind of becomes easier to accept that you're not following your original plan, right? And you're not stuck to it like dogmatically. Because I have friends that are that way, that like, like, you know, they live by the calendar, and if, if, if one thing on their calendar gets messed up, like, they are going to have a terrible day. Whereas my calendar is like, as long as I get my shit accomplished that I intended to accomplish that day, I get accomplished that day, does it really matter what order I accomplish it? No. And so it removes a lot of stress and anxiety because, you know, plans fall apart all the time. But if you know what your end goal is, you can adjust accordingly. And that just, to me, removes so much stress, so much anxiety, so much just, like, unnecessary fretting, right? Yes. Because that's because yeah. truthfully, it's what anxiety is. Anxiety is truthfully a useless emotion and activity. Because what does it get you? Like, it doesn't do anything other than, like, give you gray hair and ulcers. Oh, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm going to pass on those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't move you anywhere. It doesn't move you forward. It doesn't move you backwards, you know? Life's equated to a rocking chair. You just stay in one space, with one spot, and fret. Yeah, and so that's what's super cool about this as well. It, to me, it removes a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah, and that's something that's really important to me. I place a lot of value on life enjoyment, and I think it's really important yeah. 
that we not only achieve all of our goals and desires, but that we enjoy ourselves along the way. So that's actually mm-hmm. kind of where I am right now, where I did the essays, did the applications. I'm going to grad school, as you know, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't start for another six months. So I have this time period where I'm trying really hard to not get anxious, like to not right. think too far ahead and think, okay, well, right, I know once right. it starts, I'm going to have to do this. Move and meet new people. And yeah. Meet. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that right now I have this opportunity in my life of like freedom. I have these mm-hmm. few months here where I get to explore my interests. Like I, I'm very lucky where I have the time to do so and a lot of the means. So I'm mm-hmm. wanting to jump on those. I have I have a lot of fun things that I'm working on, but it does take a little bit of work for me right now to just like stay in that moment and yep. remind myself that here's where I am. Enjoy it. Because if I, yep. I'm an overthinker, I've always been a chronic overthinker. I used yeah, to say I have like are. seven different yeah. tracks, like seven mm-hmm. different tracks constantly going and trying to consolidate mm-hmm. them down into one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, again, it's important to remember, I think, for a lot of people that, you know, you're going to slip out of the present. Like, it's just, it's bringing yourself back, right? And that's important. You know, it's, it's, it's when you're realizing that you've been sitting for the past 15 minutes, you know, ruminating over what's going to go on whenever you, like, gradual the next six months. And you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, I've done absolutely nothing in the past 15 minutes except for, like, think about the future and worry. And it's so hard to say because, like, like in that example, obviously you need to return to the president and worry about what you need to do next. But then it gets also, because I always had, like, I question, my favorite question in the world is why? You know, it's a great question, but it's also a bad question because, you know, why leads to down to a bunch of different paths. And, you know, the other part about it is imagining your future is also super important to success because if you can't conceive, like, it's, Basically, if you can see it, you can achieve it. But if you can't see yourself in a future to where you're in grad school, as you're in grad school, you're successful in grad school, you know, it's worth it. You're not going to get there because you're not going to do those behaviors that are necessary in order to make sure that you get to grad school with, you know, make good grades before, you know, like write the appropriate essay, you know, fill out the paperwork, get in on deadline. Like you won't do those things, right? So on some level, living the future is also, it's a phase that imagining a positive, not two things, not only a positive future, but the future you desire is also super important too because it kind of allows you to create not only that goal that will motivate you to like keep trying during the, the, the rough times, because there's going to be rough times in grad school, you know, it happens, but also it kind of allows you to envision the pathway, right? And so, like, that is super important as well. So there are really positive things to living in the future as long as you do it the correct way. And the correct way is not living in the future where all you're just, wor- where you're just worried about shit. It's living in the future to where you're, you're focused on productive behaviors to achieve your goal. It's probably the best way of phrasing it. I like that. And the emphasis on the focus that it places, because there's so many distractions going on constantly. Mm-hmm. And there's Absolutely so many really there interesting things out there. Like, I know that for a fact that I'm not the only one who gets distracted by like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Oh, I want to try this. And mm-hmm. I want to do this. Or like, mm-hmm. maybe this is my next big thing. But then being able to like kind of rein that in and think back to like, is this 
you know, like you said, what's your why? Like, is this interesting, uh-huh. cool new things that line up with my why? And it's also, that's the important, like, like this is where I was not good about it when I was younger. Cause I just kind of went dead. Right. That's just the important of having that, like making that plan, but ultimately having that goal that you're working toward. Cause what's super powerful about the goal is you can now look at a behavior, look at a task, look at whatever. And the only question you have to ask yourself is, is this moving me toward my goal? Yes or no? The answer is yes, you do it. The answer is no, you don't. Right. It's so super simple because you have that goal that you can now basically it becomes your evaluative post. It's the concept, it's the idea that you evaluate all your behaviors against, right? To determine whether or not your behaviors, your thoughts, or your actions are moving you toward that goal. And so it really makes decisions super easy. Now, not every decision in your life needs to be toward achieving a goal, you know? Like sometimes you just need to like blow off, do something spur of the moment crazy to have a good time. But, you know, the majority of your decisions need to be moving you positively towards your goal in order to, you know, be a super high achieving successful person. Yeah. So it sounds like neutral thinking is a great way to stay in the present, help you achieve your goals, help you stay focused and kind of on task. And it's it's very forgiving Uh mindset as well, you know, since it doesn't prescribe the whole good or bad things to anything. It's just, it is what it is, which is great. We talked a little bit about control earlier and we kind of joked that it's great for people who love control, Uh but I do know there's people out there who feel like they don't have a lot of control. So what would you say to people who feel like there's an external locus of control? You know, they feel like things happen to them. Is there a way that they can use neutral thinking to either help get themselves out of that rut and switch their perspective? Or is there a way to make neutral thinking work for them with that perspective? Because sometimes that's, sometimes there are things that are a little bit out of our control. And that's important. The acknowledge that there's a lot of shit that's out of our control. Like that's the reality of it, right? And I think I probably acknowledge this or, or deal with this better, than, or not better, but accept it more than most people because you know when i lost my vision i lost that illusion of control because that's the reality of control control is an illusion and what you realize is you only can control what you can control and beyond that everything else is like you know is this going to happen so basically back to your question of the external locus of control the first step is acknowledging that because the thing about an external locus of control is if that's how you view the world, that basically life happens to you. That is a very helpless place to live because if life just happens to you, no matter what decision you make, it doesn't matter. I don't like feeling helpless. I don't like feeling like I don't have control. Like I, I want to feel like I have some level of determining how my future is going to pan out, right? And so, you know, it's realizing that is that the kind of life that you want to lead that, you know, life is dictating to you? Or do you want to take control and control the elements that you can control as much as possible to increase the probability that you're going to either to, to basically achieve the goal you want to achieve? So it's kind of like once you know that, once you acknowledge it, then because all really the internal locus of control is, is, you know, controlling your thoughts, controlling your decisions controlling it's not that you control what happens to you 
you control how you respond to what happens to you, right? Like no one can control whether or not they get cancer, but you can control how you respond to it. And, and that's where the power comes from, is controlling your thoughts, controlling the behaviors, like, you know, once you have your diagnosis, right? Because that's going to in many ways determine whether or not you recover or, or, you know, how, or how long maybe you live or, you know, whether or not you're able to make peace with family members that you've been fighting with for a long time because you realize that you have control, you know, you took in responsibility for the really the, the life that you want to live right and so it's like anything the first step starts with acknowledgement and then i guess education and acknowledgement and then it's just it's your choice do you want to be do you want to live your life as a helpless victim or do you want to live your life as a you know conquering victor and you know it, that's kind of how i view it anyway yeah and even that question i mean it's that question in itself is great because it gives you back the control right away. So Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. like you have this choice right then and there. Well, Make it. Like, yeah. like when people like know my story, like the fact that I can't see and how lost my vision, you know, the things that I want to accomplish, they're always like, I'm so amazed. How did you do that? And I'm not at all amazed by my accomplishments because in my brain, I had two choices. I had a choice to like go on and live the life that I wanted to live. Or had a choice of curling up in a quarter, corner in a ball and crying. Well, that's not much of a choice to me, right? And and so like that's why I don't think anything I've done is all that amazing because there was no choice, right? It was just I was going to go live that life, and I wasn't going to, you know, curl up in a corner and cry. And so that's kind of how I view it. And that's I guess that's kind of how I view that, you know, internal versus external locus of control. Am I going to be, you know, helpless and be in a corner and cry? Or am I going to be, you know, master of my own destiny and go on and kick some ass? Oh, yeah. Second one is way more fun, right? I think so. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, trust me, it has the challenges because, like, you know, if you're, if you're working toward, you know, big, audacious goals, like, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have failures, you're going to have, you know, frustrations, right? But the part about, the other part about that is, if you're, not trying for anything, guess what? You're still going to have setbacks, failures, and frustrations. <laughs> You're just not going to get anywhere, you know? So I'm like, I'd rather have setbacks, failures, and frustrations, but yet be working towards something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, because life keeps happening regardless. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's all about how you deal with it. It's all about how you interpret it, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And even as simple as, you know, picking what you say there's so many times I've talked with people and they'll say, Oh, I'm having this problem with another person, whether it's family member, a friend, or even a partner. And they be like, Oh, it like makes me so angry. I get so frustrated. And then I see them react rather than Mm -hmm. like choose to respond. And even in their words, like the way they make it sound is just like, Oh, they have no other choice when that's, that's not true. They do have a way. They Mm -hmm. do have a choice, you know, and with this neutral thinking, you know, is that staying in the present when something happens to you that isn't so great rather than just focusing on that and how bad it is, like, you know, still feel the feelings, but then, you know, take that and say, okay, it is what it is. It's already happened. So now let's just think, how do I want to respond and go forward from there? Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so powerful. And I know that you talked a lot about neutral thinking in terms of athletics, but I think there's a lot there for anyone. Oh, it's everywhere. It's just athletic, athletic is the easiest example to like, you know, to paint a picture that people understand. But oh, it's absolutely, it's in every aspect of life. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us today. I really enjoyed this conversation and learning all about it. It's definitely going to reframe how I look at my next six months before I start my program and just all the choices and all. Again, there's a lot of fun things happening, a lot of really great things and picking which ones to do, but also not getting hung up on other things. So the neutral thinking Mm -hmm. thing, I'm definitely going to incorporate it more into my life. So thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. And for anyone else who's curious to learn a little bit more about neutral thinking or learn more about Ryan Esquire, really, I mean, amazing story. He doesn't think he's done amazing things. I think he's done amazing things. <laughs> but you can go learn more about him at RyanEsquire.com. And you can find him on all social media platforms at Ryan Esquire. And if you would like to listen to more episodes of Mystical Maya, How to Level Up Your Life, you can find us on all the listening platforms as well as on pinkkangaroo.com. That's kangaroo with a U. And you can also send me an email at mysticalmaya at pinkkangaroo.com if there's something that you'd like me to try or any questions you'd like me to answer. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I hope you learned something new today. And thank you again, Ryan. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.